Up here, we still enjoy Pokemon with better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. You wake up as the last video game character you played as during the French Revolution of 1789. How against the protests, how fucked are you? Oh my god. That's right. Wait, wait, what is this? Uh, The last... Did you say the last video game character I played? Yes. Is that what you said? Uh, um, oh my god, what was the last video game I played? Uh, oh shit, do phone games count? Um, depends, what was the game? Crossy Road? <laughs> yeah, that fucking counts. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm the I'm the dog from Crossy Road. Oh my god! You might be fine. Oh, I'm so lame. Yeah, if they don't like need food or whatever, and they don't feel like spit roasting some, some, some you know healthy little pooch. Those those filthy Frenchies. Nah, just kidding. They're cool. Um, I mean, to be fair, this on. is the French Revolution of 1789, which is that's the one. Is that the one that succeeded, or was that the, like, Les Mis one? No, that's the Les Mis one. The one that succeeds, I think, I believe happens. I don't know if any of them technically succeeded. Uh, the OG um, French Revolution uh, ended with the formation of the French Consulate in 1799, but began uh-huh. with the Estates General in 1789. So, kind of? That's that's the one that, like, turned into bloodshed, though. Like, I, I think technically the one that won... I th- no. What was the? Well, because there was one in 1789, and then there was one. Oh my god, I fell off in Crossy Road. Uh, there was one in 1789, so and then really there was one in the French Revolution. I did. I just lost bad. Um, 1789, and then there was one in like. Well, because Napoleon comes to power. Yeah. He reigns at the by, from the end of the French Revolution to like what like 1814 or something because that's when they kick him out and he's exiled like for good for good i think and then uh then his like son they put a king back on or something like that and then there's another revolution in 1834 and then there's another one i think in 1848 i think um and one of those i'm sure turned out (laughs) But who are you, RJ? What game oh. character are you? Oh, I, uh... Les Mis takes place in 1832, so this is the OG French Revolution. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a Pokemon trainer from Pokemon Scarlet. <laughs> oh. And I'm about mid-level like lower mid-level so like my strongest is a fire crocodile at 41 and my weakest is a bug at like 32 dude you'd uh you probably wouldn't like cream cream but you definitely 
I'd run I mean, that no bitch. One would, yeah, no one would mess with you, that's for sure. I have a crocodile um, that spews flamethrower out of its mouth. Yeah, but they still have cannons, you know. I mean, one good shot from that, you're dead, you know. And that crocodile's only got so many uh so much PP, you know what I mean? So many power points, they get that's gonna run out eventually. That's fair. I also have a Let's literal t- rolling coal cart. Oh, is that a Pokemon too? Or you, yeah, is from it a, uh, the British generation. The British generation. Yeah, no, uh, I want to say it was the previous one, Sword and Shield. I think it was Sword and Shield introduced. Literally, the first the first one in the line is Roly Coal, and it's a little sphere coal, a coal sphere with a red eye that rolls around, but it turns so into a cart of coal, and then it turns into this coal golem thing. It's a fire ground type. It's awesome. Oh, Roly Coley. Yeah, that's the one. That's so cute. Dude, I'm so out of Pokemon. I have not. There are some good designs. Kinda, yeah, this is kind of fun. This is kind of I've also cute. got the uh, mid-range of same generation as the Roly Cole. Roly Coley. It's, uh, their, bur- their Pidgey for that generation was... The final evolution was called Corva- Corv Knight. It's a Crow Knight Pokemon. Like... K N I G H T Pokemon, but I've got the middle version of that. So like, I got a bird. I got a big old bird. Oh, so you can, can you fly? Can you teach you to fly? Oh yeah. I also have. Do you Alf. have fly? Uh, new game You'll... don't need fly. There is no fly. But what? One of the newest Pokemon is a rock crab, that is fucking huge. <laughs> it's like bigger than you are. What's it called? Clough. K L A W F. K-L-A-W-F. K-L-A-W-F. stupid and I love it. Aww. Dude, this guy kind of looks like he could be an OG. Oh my god, I love this. Yeah, okay. but now take a look at Klauf. And keep yeah. in mind that that is not crabby size. That is the fuck, like, in-game bigger than your character model. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, well, it says he's only 4 foot 3. Uh, again, not keep only. in mind that 4 foot 3 is a foot and a half shorter than we are. Yeah, that's true. He's pretty big. That's fucking huge. <laughs> For a crab. That's a big motherfucking crab. That is a pretty big motherfucking crab. That'd be pretty terrifying to see that thing crawling around. Does he have uh does he have evolutions or is he just a single guy? I'm discovering it. I don't want to look it up because I just love Clough too much. Clough. Clough. Oh my god. I love this dude. Look at him. Yeah. But yeah, Look French Revolution little, of 1789, I'm fucking storming that Bastille and turning it into my goddamn palace. Oh, <laughs> RJ runs Barter Town. Oh, RJ. Are you sure they won't, like, eat you alive? <laughs> How? I have a crab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those people love seafood, dude. They'll, they'll, they'll get you, you know what I mean? I have a crab that can yeah. throw boulders and a fire crocodile. And an assassin dude, look, bug. Look at this little look at this little dude. Oh my god. Look at this little dude. Look at this little guy right here. I love yeah. him. <laughs> but again, fucking four feet. Yeah, that so, is like, pretty those scary. eyes are at eye level. <laughs> uh well wait, 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 wait. It no, it's probably like four feet like it's not four feet like tall. Uh, isn't it? That's right. Re- that's its regular position, though, right? So it's like four feet would be the tops of its head with the eyes. That's still fucking big. 
That is pretty big. Those pictures are arm breaking. How I wonder how big around it is. I I don't think it says like the diameter or whatever, but it's probably pretty big. Yeah, yeah. nothing can fuck you up. Oh, uh, look at all the. <laughs> Look at all the names. Dude, on the Pokemon on Bulbapedia, they've got all the different names in uh in in for in the different languages for it. Yeah. In Japanese, it's Gakigani. French, Ooh. it's Klapeloi. Spanish, it's Klauf. Klauf. German is Klibe. Klauf. Italian is Klauf. Klauf. Korean is Joel. I don't know how to I don't know what Korean pronunciation don't is. Don't even try. Joeboig. Canton, they have Mandarin and Cantonese Chinese. I'm not even gonna bother pronouncing that because that is that is insane. Um, that's that's so cute. Origin. Klauf. Oh, and Belly Bolt. Look up Belly Bolt. I think I still have Belly Bolt on my team. Belly Bolt. Oh, let's see. I did. I don't know. If it oh, oh. <laughs> What? I love it. This is my favorite. This is my favorite guy. It's this guy's awesome. Uh, Look at this. Bolt, for those of you who are listening to this, is a green frog Pokemon with a big old round black belly with a yellow dot in the center and a very smiley face. Uh, something deceiving is the yellow dots above its smile are not its nose. Those are its eyes. It has false eyes, like white, like white, cartoon eyes on the sides of its head oh but the ones that are the yellow ones are the real ones yeah oh my gosh yeah this is this is my favorite i wonder what type is is he what type is he he's Mm. electric wow dude i love that belly bolt that guy you want to you want to rush up and give him a hug that guy's that guy looks cool. I could hang with that guy. Oh my gosh. Maybe I should get back into Pokemon. Maybe that's maybe that should be my new resolution. I mean, hey, the new oh, that's the other one I have. The other Oh, is it did I swap out Cloud Sire? Fuck. Okay. I gotta figure out which ones I even fucking have on my team right now. They, there's a new Dunsparce. What? Do you wanna know what it's called? What? Uh Dun uh hit me with that. To Dunsparce. Literally all it's... they did was they gave it an extra dress segment of its body and more tail. <laughs> it looks uh, almost exactly this fucking same. Is it an evolution or is yep. it just the same? It's an evolution. Hmm. Oh my gosh, this is Oh Dunsparce. Yeah. And then it's the Dunsparce 3 segment. Wow. Look at him go. That's kind of... Oh my god, it's HP is insane. What the fuck? It's done. It's done. 100, 125 HP? Are you kidding me? Nope. Dude, that thing is a sponge. That thing is a damage sponge. I forgot yeah. how scary these things were. I remember running into them in uh, Ruby all the time, and I'd be like, no! No! Because it's a normal type, too, and those things are, like, so fucking hard unless you have a fighting... Dang, dude. What is... Here's a question. What is one of your favorite Pokemon games? Uh, Emerald. Emerald, really? Yeah, and Fire Red. Those are my two top why, two. Those are my nostalgia just, picks. Why would you say either of those? 
They're the ones I'm most familiar with. Um, they're also, I think, both good examples of what Pokemon can do. Uh, in one, Fire Red, it's a good remake. It shows what can be done with a remake. And it's pretty straightforward. This is Pokemon. You wander around the region, you collect the gym badges, you fight the bad guys, you win the tournament. Bada bing, bada boom. The only place I really get stuck on in the game where, like, leveling up becomes a little bit of an issue is training up for the Elite Four. Mm -hmm. There's just a little bit of a gap between the 8th gym and the Elite Four in terms of level with no really good spot to train in. But even then, it just requires a little bit more grinding. Emerald is a great in terms of taking that out, that, like, equation and stepping it up a notch. With the only downside being, Emerald sometimes gets a little rough in terms of training up for gyms and things. Uh, the level of the surrounding area versus the gym you need to beat to progress. But even then, it's literally just a matter of training. Yeah, I remember sometimes uh, I can feel pretty tough, Ruby, in my personal opinion. Or, yeah. uh, well, I guess I ended the home ones. Yeah, I liked, I liked, uh, Ruby is probably one of my favorite games of all time. And granted, it's part, that's partially a nostalgia thing, but enjoyed. That's probably my top pick. I never actually owned Emeralds. Um, I did own Fire Red, though, and that game was a lot of fun. I did like, I, I liked Ruby the best, though. I'm not going to lie. That's um, the first Pokemon game I can remember playing consistently. Um, I literally had dreams about catching Groudon. I woke up <laughs> once and I was disappointed that I hadn't. Um, it was so real. Yeah. But, yeah. That reminds me of a time where I uh, a Transformer exploded on the light pole outside my house. But mm -hmm. I'd never heard a noise like that in my life. And mm -hmm. I woke up and just heard this wow, 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 wow. I was like, ah, hell yeah, the aliens are here. My life is finally where it's supposed to be. <laughs> and then it was just a power outage. Oh, but it could have been caused by the aliens, RJ. It was lightning. Oh. Well, that's what they that's what they say on the news, you know, but No, I mean I was there. It was literally outside my house. That's what they say. But <laughs> uh, how can you know for sure? So in conclusion, James would be fucked. And I am yeah. running Town. Yeah, you're definitely going to run the Bastille. I mean, good luck, you know, because they ran the Bastille and they all ended up killing and eating each other, kind of. Hey. But, uh, it, you know. If it had been a... When I originally put this question down, it was going to be Master Chief, so... Oh, you little... <laughs> this question's little... been on the docket for a long while, and there was like a 75% chance I was either going to be Master Chief... Or the uh, main character from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Which, like, wouldn't have been as good as Master Chief. But based on the story of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you were charismatic enough and just strong enough of a fighter where you'd have gotten out alright. Dang it. I would have been screwed either way. Yeah. Well, I can run around. I can be I can be a little, a little dog or whatever. Dogs. Do you remember the story about the doctor who, like, uh, lived near where they, they were guillotining people, and he wanted to see if he could, like, uh, 
like he wanted to see if he could get a head to work again by pumping like dog's blood through it or something like that yeah. so he would, they would give him the heads and he would like pump blood through them there was also Pretty... he also wanted to prove that like there was consciousness after the beheading and would ask people like hey blink after you die and people would there somebody got to like seven blanks or was about to get to seven blanks and they kicked the head because if the deal was like oh if you get to seven blanks like it's clearly not a humane way of murder. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, really? Yeah, you don't remember oh, that story? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, remember yeah. That at all. It was a. Um, I don't remember if it was a guy who's experimenting or somebody who was about to be beheaded. I think it was someone who was about to be beheaded. And he was like, "All right, look, just one thing I will ask is I'm going to blink seven times after I'm beheaded. If I get to seven. It, this clearly is not as quick of a death as you think it is and should probably be stopped. It's inhumane. And he got the six blinks and they're like, ah, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And they kicked the head so that he no one saw if he blinked a seventh time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, how long can a head survive separated from the body? Not that long. Yeah, right, because you got to breathe. And I'll have all the other stuff, too. But... Man, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can be alive for like at most like a minute. I bet you could do a minute, but I bet after that you're you're gonzo. Yeah, I mean, it's lack of oxygen. Yeah, idiots just learn to learn to breathe through your, the pores on your skin, like the breatharians <laughs> do. Yeah, you, uh, Absorbs, exactly. Absorb vitamin D. Is that another Pokemon? What? 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 Who are the breath? Who are the breatharians? They're people who don't eat. Are these from something? No, it's just people. Oh, they're wait, are you serious? Is, is this a real thing? Yes, because and the most annoying one is there, I remember the article I read. They were breatharians. They were planning on having a child, and they they survived by I believe they could drink water. And they would stand out in the sun, absorbing sunlight for like an hour a day. There's no way that's but, real. Hang on. They liked to travel a lot and would eat in social situations where it would be awkward not to do so, such as when they were out at dinner with at social gatherings or on planes. It's not. It's not. Combine that not, with them liking to travel a lot. It's not awkward to not eat on a plane. That's such bullshit. That's, so, wow. basically, okay. they would eat on planes and be just jet-setters, socialites, that they ate whenever they needed to, and whenever they didn't, just didn't, so that they could maintain their figures. Well, I mean... I got, I claimed mean, that they didn't need to eat. You can just eat like that and not layer it with something like convoluted like you could just say like yeah you know like I, I'm, I'm gonna eat when i feel like it's necessary and you know i mean i guess maybe not be that restrictive but it has a wikipedia page so funny this is real it is this the is claimed insane. ability for a person to live without consuming food and in some cases water it is a deadly pseudoscience and several adherents of these practices have died from starvation or dehydration multiple cases where this practice was attempted have resulted in failure or death the breath they claim that humans can be sustained solely by prana the vital life force in hinduism according to 
Ayurveda, sunlight is one of the main sources of prana, and some practitioners believe that it is possible for a person to survive on sunlight alone. Scientific assessment. Fasting, s- documented studies show that fasting for extended periods leads to starvation, dehydration, and eventual death. <laughs> In Edia, Latin for fasting. Retharians claim that their bodies do not consume the reserves of glycogen, fa- body fat, and muscle while fasting. Some have submitted themselves to testing, including a hospital's observation of Indian mystic Prahlad Jani appearing to survive without food or water for 15 days. However, the hospital has not published official documentation about that event. In other cases, people have attempted to survive on sunlight alone only to abandon the effort after losing a large percentage of their body weight. Alleged practitioners. Let's see if there's any modern ones. Oh, we got somebody from who was uh, 2016. So from 1936 to 2016, this dude was alive, founder of the Breatharian Institute of America, and was first introduced to the public in 1980. Um. <laughs> okay. Hang on, though. You're going to hear about this. So, Wiley Brooks was first introduced to the public in 1980 when he appeared on the TV show That's Incredible. But he stopped teaching shortly before his death in 2016 to, quote, devote 100% of his time on solving the problem as to why he needed to eat some type of food to keep his physical body alive and allow his light body to manifest completely. He claims that there were four major deterrents preventing him. People pollution, food pollution, air pollution, and electropollution. But in 1983, he was reportedly observed leaving a Santa Cruz 7-Eleven with a Slurpee hot dog and Twinkies. He periodically breaks his fasting with a cheeseburger and a cola, Explaining that when he's surrounded by junk culture and junk food, consuming them adds balance. Later claimed that Diet Coke and McDonald's cheeseburgers have special 5D properties. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. The idea of of separate but interconnected 5D and 3D worlds is a major part of Wiley Brooks' ideology, and Brooks encouraged his followers to only eat these special 5D foods, as well as to meditate on a set of magical 5D words. Oh my god. Wow. They, uh, the institute for a while was doing classes for p- clients to learn to live without food, ranging from $100,000 to $50 billion. <laughs> the $50 billion one with a preliminary prelim- preliminary deposit of 100000 for a session called an Immortality Workshop. Oh my gosh, dude. This is... Um, Another one who died in 2022 claimed that since the 18th of June in 1995, he lived on water and occasionally tea, coffee, and buttermilk. Uh, But he was caught on camera eating a big meal in a San Francisco restaurant the 2011 documentary Eat the Sun. I mean, you gotta eat. (laughs) Like, it's like... uh... Well, okay, you don't have to do anything, but it's, like, not, it's not negotiable. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm... Good fucking grief, people. I'm just, I don't know, like, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm, I'm a practitioner of skepticism in, in many areas, but... Um, and I'm also a proponent of, you know, balanced eating to some to degree. Skeptical. It's another thing to be a moron. 
Well, I think these people just for whatever reason they they probably they feel guilty about eating for whatever personal reason they may have and a lot of people have that in one way or another like it's just something that happens it's just one of those things where it's like and i i do like but i don't I, feel guilty about that 5d cheeseburger from mcdonald's i so claiming that a coke and a, and a mcdonald's cheeseburger have 5d properties is one of the most amazing things i've ever heard do you know what that, the sad thing is they hmm. do have 5d properties james what do you mean they have 5D properties? It's just have the you... fifth dimension. <laughs> so yeah, the what... three dimensions are x-axis, y-axis, z-axis, aka being an object in reality. But then the next dimension is time. Mm-hmm. And the dimension after that, even if there is a fifth dimension, all of reality is still incorporated into that fifth dimension. So is it everything a 5D thing then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> everything is a fucking 5D object. What you're saying is that he was right, and that we should all stop eating. No, no, no. We should switch only to Diet Coke and Big Macs from McDonald's while meditating on the 5D magic words. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, good for him, you know, for... It's good to have a hobby. That sentence is worth his years of struggle, (laughs) I would say. That, That this might be one of the best things I've ever read in Wikipedia. I do... Man, I just find that amazing. I find that sincerely just fascinating. Um, like, I don't know. I knew people fasted. I knew that there were always like, not jokes, but like, you know, legends or rumors. And it's like, oh, yeah, the Buddha, he only needed to eat like, you know, he drank dew and like, uh, like only found sustenance in the smallest of things. But it's also like, I don't know, the, but- the Buddha... It's also like, how often was he doing that, you know? Yeah, and also how much of that is genuinely, like, meant to be genuine history and how much of it is meant to be. And when you get into religious texts, it all blends together. It doesn't really matter. But all that stuff is kind of supposed to be symbolic, so um, I don't really think. Yeah. Um, I, th- I I mean, well, you know what? it reminds what? me of a... One of the podcasts I listened to a while back, but I, I really should pick it up again. I haven't listened to it in a long, a couple of years, is Ono, Ross, and Carrie, where they look into the fringe shit. But it reminds me of somebody they looked into who had a staring thing. His thing was that he was a mystic guru leader kind of person, and he would stare at you, and you just stared at him in the eyes through the video screen. And it was he was realigning you and uh, fixing you, and it was like, okay, dude, if your people believe that, you're not doing anything, but that's fine. Deep, deep into those. What color are your eyes? Blue, <laughs> brown, green, hazel. Now, if you want something that actually does work, it's not going to sustain you. But everything I've heard about it is good things. Is oh, what's it? I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically laughing therapy, or a laughing cure. Oh, now here's what I've it heard is. about this. You get you call up the number. Everybody's on the line, and you just laugh. You just laugh together, and it's you gotta for, start. Apparently, you have to like start kind of forcing the laugh at first. But as it goes on, you just kind of genuinely start laughing because of how absurd it is. And you walk away feeling better. 
Do you know why that may be? I have a, I have a feeling as to why. Or a theory. A minor theory. Well, laughing is good for us. It's the best medicine. It's the it cure-all. This is true. Laughter is also, I believe, I can't remember where I heard this, but I think it's true. I believe laughter is also partially a panic response. So you're sort of uh, inducing the catharsis of, of going through a stage of panic and then releasing the uh, the energy, which honestly probably is um, pretty accurate for a modern world. Shall we move on to our next segment? Yeah, let's do it. Our next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who wants to start? I can go. Do it. All right. Um, let me know. I can't quite remember. Um, I, I so stop me if you stop me if you heard this one before. Um, a priest walks into a bar. A priest walks into a bar. Um, he says, "Ow." <laughs> Uh, what was I get? Yes, yeah, so sorry if you've heard this one before. Um, more like a priest walks into a hotel bar. <laughs> that'll hey, make yo. more sense. That'll make more sense in a minute. Um, uh-huh. I am going to like recommend this book. I actually, hold on. I want to get the title right. Oh, I have it right here. It's called The Algonquin Roundtable New York a Historical Guide by Kevin C. Fitzpatrick. What the have hell talk- is that? Have I talked about this before? I don't think so. Okay, so I I was in a little quick backstory. Uh, I was in town a few about a month ago for I believe it was for thanks. Yeah, I was in it was for Thanksgiving, and I stopped at a coffee shop. I ran into one of my dad's old friends, and him and I started talking. Um, I was with uh, my cousin at the time, and he told me about this book about this uh, thing. That happened in New York between 19, it's like 1920 and 1930, basically. It's called the Algonquin Round Table. Um, he thought I would like it. And, uh, my cousin, uh, hello, Jane. It was very, it was very nice of her. Um, she bought it for me because I forgot my wallet and I read it, started reading it then. And I finished it about a week ago or so. And uh, basically, what the Algonquin Roundtable was, was a collection of 30-odd writers, artists, journalists, um, uh, actors, actresses, Broadway producers. All these people. Well, (laughs) see, the reason it's called that, I mean, yes, probably, it was 1920. But the reason they called it that was because they all gathered at uh this place called the algonquin hotel which is in new york and they all got together for lunch every day and there was a core group of about 10 or 12 of them who made up the the again like the core of this group but usually people place around uh, the from the core to the loosest association about 30 odd people who were kind of part of this thing at one time or another um, and these are some people who were kind of like uh, artists who were kind of just of their day and around, and they were not the F. Scott Fitzgeralds. They were not the Hemingways. They were not the like um, they were the locals. Irving Berlins. Yeah, kind of. They were sort of like the the super cool art kids who have a bunch of friends at newspapers who come to their lunches, and they all get to like talk about art. And they get to make quips at each other. Um, it's a very like quintessentially, as far as I understand it, 
sort of New York uh, progenitor to this like New York art scene that we know of today. So I'm sure that in some capacity or many, these people were insufferable. Um, but I bet that they were also very fun and funny and they did make some good stuff. One of their members, with, uh, two of the members, was a couple who started uh, the New Yorker magazine. You have Dorothy Parker, who is a really renowned uh, short story writer. Um, you have uh, Mankiewicz. I can't remember his first name, but he's the guy who helped uh, who helped um, Orson Welles write Citizen Kane. Oh. Um, you have all these people who worked uh, on movies and Broadway shows and helped bring some of the most notable publications in this country um, uh, to the forefront, or at least worked on them and contributed quite a bit. So it's a really cool little book um, that goes through sort of the group, their members, uh, the history of the Algonquin Hotel and some of its owners, um, and kind of traces some of the lives and uh, how they ended how they began, what they were like, and how they ended. And I'm not going to lie, it's kind of depressing because a lot of these people like had about five or ten good years and then the rest of their lives were just miserable um, or just like not super awesome. Uh, some of them did okay. But it's just a really cool book um, and it's a place that you can actually go to and visit. Uh, and they even have a painting, I believe, in the lobby where you can go and see... Uh, uh, these these people um, where they used to hang out. So I just thought it was a really cool uh, book, a really cool piece of American history, uh, a cool piece of New York City, um, and maybe one of the coolest things is you can uh, you can step in and visit it if you want. And also in this book, I forget they have a number of the bars and speakeasies and places where these people used to go. So, and some of these places are still uh, restaurants or bars or places you can actually go to. So, it kind of so gives you a place. Like a little to tour visit. guide. Yeah, sort of. It is. It is uh, a historical guide. So it's pretty cool. I would. I would suggest it. Nice. That's really fun. Yeah, it's a very different read from what I usually pick up. So I was very, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised. What well, you got? Son? That's a that's a lot more highbrow than I got. Uh, oh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, what you well, got? You should, uh, because what I've got is Pokemon Scarlet, the latest Pokemon game. Oh yes, I oh, bought that? it on Monday. Yeah, I bought it Monday. And have been playing it since. I find it very enjoyable and engaging. Uh, it keeps a number of the... It keeps a lot of the open world exploring aspect from Pokemon Legends Arceus that I really enjoyed. Uh, but it takes Pokemon Legends Arceus, which was kind of open world in the sense of, like, open sections, open regions. Uh, but, like, still sectioned off. And you had to, like, return to the main base before you could go to the new section. Uh, it gets rid of that and is just pure open world. Uh, it's got some kinks to work out, you know? It's their first truly open world game. So, like, some frame rate issues occasionally when too many monsters get on the screen. But they did a really good job of taking the open world concept and running with it. Um, there are three main quest lines you can follow. One is your traditional beat all the gyms, win the championship quest line. One is the 
bad guy quest line where there's the evil team star and you gotta go around to their bases and beat up their leaders. And then there's a, like, collect them all quest line of there are these herbs guarded by these giant Pokemon, but we don't know what these giant Pokemon are, so go find the giant Pokemon and fight them and get the herbs. And so, but because all three quest lines are kind of just pick whichever one you want to follow, all of the steps of the quest lines are also completely choose what you want to do. So there is like, there are recommended orders to do them in because like, oh, here's the easiest one. Here's the lowest level one. Here's the highest level one. But you can say fuck that and run away and do whatever you want. So like, once you get through this like intro of the game and you're released out into the world, there are two NPCs, one of which is like, oh, hey, meet me by this gate if you want to go do the gym challenge. And the other one's like, meet me by this gate if you want to go find the giant Pokemon. And so I went to the gate with the giant Pokemon and skipped that shit and went straight to the first gym I could find. Hmm. But I also made it a point not to go to the easy gyms, because there was one description where it's like, oh, this one's pretty easy. It's a grass type. And I was like, fuck that, I'm going to the electric one. So, Do you miss having a main plot? Um, no. Because you... It, it's basically they're, they're all main plot, right? Like, it's whatever storyline you want to follow as, like, what's most important to you. Because, like, even so, in Pokemon, there was no main plot, you know? Is there... Yeah, I mean, technically not, though. But, I mean, it still is somewhat progressive, right? Like, you can only go to certain places after doing certain things. Yeah, but I kind of like not having that. Mm -hmm. Just because... And a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, it would have been better if they'd, like... If the area's leveled with you, so wherever you traveled, it was always an appropriate challenge. And it's like, mm, no, fuck that. No. I want the challenge. I want to wander up the icy mountain when I'm, like, 20 levels... 10, 20 levels too low for it and go challenge a gym leader. I have no right to be challenging at this point. Yeah, you know you know what? I can actually kind of see the appeal of that. Um, is there something that, is there something else? Because these, these, these games always love to have like some final thing. So is there something that happens, do you know, when you complete all three of those quest lines? I believe there is. I think. Because there's one section in the middle of the map that's basically a giant crater that's like, no one goes in there, no one's allowed. If you step foot in there, you're expelled from school. <laughs> oh, also you're at, you're at school. And this is like a this is a treasure hunt where you're released from school and told like, hey, go adventure out into the world and uh, find your treasure, whatever the fuck that means. Oh, and you're like, cool. okay, that's... Pops, I'm gonna go uh, do whatever I want. I love that. I love that little framework. That's actually a great yeah, little... No, it's actually a very cute, fun framework, and, like, you have a dorm room, and as you, like, make progress, classes unlock, so you can actually go back and take the little, like, mathematics class they have and answer a question, and then it's over. Or you can take their little home ec class. That's really... I actually love that, because, like, a lot of Pokemon games, well, at least a lot of the ones I remember playing, you're literally just dropped off in, in a town... And then it's like, we moved! Um, hmm. Yeah, and like... One of the... One of the nice things is the auto-battling. Where you can literally just send your Pokemon out to walk around ahead of you. 
and it'll auto-fight stuff. So you can level up pretty quick. You get less experience for it. Wait, it'll just, like... Oh, so is it kind of, like, um... So the the game... You send out your Pokemon at another Pokemon that's just wandered around in the world. And the game does all the math behind the scenes of, like, ah, it's this type matchup, so this one's more likely to win, so it wins. Done. Or, oh, the your Pokemon is weaker... And it's lower level, so it loses and runs away back to you. That's fascinating. Wait, does it? Can it do the thing where you like? Uh, so does it walk around yeah. with you? Yeah. Oh, that's and cool. There is no I tall always... grass. What do you mean? There's no tall grass. There's no tall grass, James. They're all all Pokemon walk around. But oh, that's so funny. What the hell? Like. You're just walking down the trail, and underneath the tree is, like, a couple bug Pokemon just hanging out. Oh, uh, this is, sounds you're, amazing. You're walking down by the river, and there's a bunch of fucking Psyduck in your way. This sounds amazing. Hold on. Uh, I'm gonna look up some... It's a holdover when from the... Pokemon Arceus, because in Pokemon Arceus, which is where a lot of these ideas were, like, playtested, basically, like, you didn't... There was no tall grass in Arceus, either. It was all open world, like open world, or not open world, but like, overworld Pokemon just wandering around. They just wandered around. Oh, I forgot that uh, these are now in, um... The Switch. Yeah, that these are now, like, yeah, these are, uh, which which one I call it? They're, they're like, 3D and stuff. These fuckers can chase you down. Have you ever had that, James? You're just walking along, and a fucking Pokemon starts running at you? No, that sounds cute, though. You tell me that when there's a herd of deers trampling down upon you, or you get in the middle of a swarm of tauros. Let's see here. It's not cute, James. It's deadly. Life-threatening. These wild mons could take you apart and eat you. You gotta be vigilant. Gotta make sure you set up your picnic blankets. You gotta be make sandwiches. Gotta be sneaky. You must slide. Uh, But yeah, Pokemon Scarlet, I'm really enjoying it so far. And it was one of those ones where, like, Sword and Shield was okay. I finished it, but while playing it, I was kind of like, eh. Sword and Shield tried to do some open world, like, Pokemon wandering around stuff, but it also had tall grass. And the ones that were, like, the area where they wandered around, it was really just kind of like, okay, I'm... This is boring. Because I still have to keep going back to all the classical, like, linear storytelling stuff. And the Sword and Shield story was okay. But I really just wasn't that engaged with it, but I liked the Pokemon designs. Sun and Moon was okay, but again, I was just kind of okay. I wasn't super engaged. Arceus and Scarlet and Violet have really gotten me like, oh, I'm enjoying this. What do you think has made the difference? I honestly think the open world mechanic aspect of it has made the difference for me. Particularly because with the last two games, they... And again, Pokemon is a children's game. I am no longer a child. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. But in no longer being a child, I still like the aspects of Pokemon. And a lot of the recent mechanic changes were intended to make Pokemon easier. So like... The XP share became EXP all. 
Now it's not even item in Scarlet and Violet. Whatever you do, your po- entire party just gets experience. And it might be a setting oh. you can turn off, but I'd have to look into it. So, like, there were things that made le- fights easier and leveling easier and the overall experience easier. Where it was kind of like, okay, did it need to be easier? Like, were people, were children really getting that frustrated with grinding out their Pokemon? Well, it honestly might not be children. It might be newer adults that they're they're trying to market to or trying to snag. And they're worried that, like, too many mechanics are going to make it. Because I, I think you're, like, I think a lot of kids are... I mean, we, we played that stuff and we were like, oh, this is awesome. Um, I think a lot of adults actually will get frustrated too quickly. And maybe they're like, I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. Um, I guess, yeah. Thoughts on that? What do you think? I don't know. I never really considered the idea that they might be catering to an adult audience of like new adult players. But even mm-hmm. then, I would think that if you're coming into the game new, like, you've never played Pokemon before, you should, like, I don't think it should be that much harder for you as an adult to sit down and be like, okay, I gotta play my Pokemans. I gotta level up my Pokemans. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know, it's weird, too, because it's like, I feel like taking away some of those mechanics, like, you're trying to turn it into a more, like, casual game, but I feel like that because it was so competitive before well that's what i'm saying too is like it sort of defeats the purpose of pokemon because pokemon is like i mean pokemon is not casual to somebody to adults like people who've never really played games in their life like pokemon is like bizarre and doesn't make any sense and it looks like a bunch of shit on a screen but like at the same time i don't know like it it, Well, I think part of it, too, is the, like, Pokemon Company in general. Like, I don't know if it's Pokemon Company or Nintendo, but they're against the competitive side of things. Like, they don't like that there's competitive Pokemon battling in the way there is. And they don't like that they're, like, they don't like Nuzlocke. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a Nuzlocke is? Yeah, well, I just know that it's, like, a specific way you have to play the game, right? It's a playthrough yeah. style. It's intended to make it harder and, like, if your Pokemon faints, it's out. You can't use it anymore. You have to straight up release it. So, like, it makes the game a lot harder. And the couple, couple months ago, like, in the last six months, a report kind of came out that, like, somebody at the company suggested, like, hey, what if we did an in-company, like, Nuzlocke as a little, mm. like, fun challenge thing? And the pushback was like, no, that's the equivalent to ROMs. Nuzlocke's are basically the same as hacking our game. Don't do that. And they're like, oh, well, okay. I can see, to be fair, I can see, because, like, from what I remember, one of the reasons that Pokemon is awesome is because it's, like, it just makes you feel like the hero every step of the way. Like, in the best way possible, because you're not always receiving positive feedback. Like, there are times in Pokemon where it's super tough and, like, depressing and you feel like a loser when you're like seven years old and you can't get this stuff to work or even when you're older and playing it, but you still have all this, like it's this kind of like undercurrent of like, no matter what you do, like it's going to be okay. Like you can do it. You know, it's very kind of James, I've warm some bad and... news for you. I think 
What? Ash is done. What do you mean Ash is done? I mean, Ash is done. Like, there's no Ash anymore? Yeah, he's got, like, a special, and then he's out. Like, like he's not done yet? Or he's or he's been done for a while? He's about to be done. Like, literally about well, to be done. It's about time they retired him, right? I mean, that's sad. Like, that is sad to me. But think how different the series is compared to what it was when we were growing up. I mean, think me about, about like... You see those art designs? Oh my god, dude. You mean from, like, the, when we were growing up or when... Comparing now? when we were growing up to what was current. For At one point, it... they got real chibi with Ash's design. It was kind of like, alright. Fucking hell, man. I know. I love that old... Well, because the thing is, too, is a lot of that older 90s stuff, it was actually... Um, it wasn't... I'm sure some of it was digital, but a lot of it looked like it was just film. Like, it was actual animation, like, drawn. It was. Um, and that's like so cool like those awesome watercolor backgrounds and like their expressions and i, I don't know like the series is, is very different but that's the thing the, the the thing is is it's always had that sort of like again this undercurrent of like this very childish in the naive but and i mean these in the best way like optimism like i remember watching that in all the movies and like things might look bad but you can do it like you'll you'll pull through you know Change and it's bad it's, james Change I don't know. It's some. It's it. It. My ultimate point is that's why I could see why the the makers of the game are like, don't try to put competition into this because this is not what the series is about. Like it's supposed to be a reprieve from the sort of like a very charged like adult almost uh, take on the game. It's supposed to remain a sort of um, safe haven for that kind of like playful adventure. Um, but I mean, I don't know, dude. Things change. How dare Things they? change. How dare they? I mean, how do you think the series has done in your... Because you have pl- been with it longer than I have. So how do you think it's fared? You know? I would say the series itself, if we're talking like just Pokemon franchises, it's fine. It's so fine. Oh my god, it's fine. Like, I'm pretty sure Scarlet and Violet was its biggest release yet. Like, wow. it may not have been as hyped in, like, the rest of the world, but Japan was huge. And, like, even though there are aspects that aren't necessarily my favorite parts about, like, the new, the way they're, they've been handling it for the last few generations, it still stayed strong. People are still fucking buying Pokemon games. And despite the fact that, like, Reddit gets up in arms and is like, I'm not playing this, this isn't fucking Gen 1. People are like, oh, hey, we're still selling millions of copies, so fuck you. So, I think it's fine. It's definitely different than what it was back in the day, but also, like, there are a lot of changes that were for the best. Like, we don't need it to still be in black and white. That's true. I miss the little sprites. I know that's a common criticism nowadays, but I do miss the little sprite work. I know that canon one of them, like, you can switch between the 3d and the sprites or something like that i don't um, think so i thought one you could i thought a newer one you could for some reason but maybe i'm just confused um but yeah i i miss i do miss those but i mean i'm i'm happy if like i hope kids still can find you know that same sense of adventure and fun and um sort of just like that whole you're the hero you can do it like things are going to be hard but you know 
you're going to be okay. I mean, that's, it's such a great little feeling to kind of give a kid with a game. Um, yeah. Something so simple as that. So, cause I mean, it's, it'd be so fucking easy and to a degree they are, they, they cash out hard on that, <laughs> but it would be so easy to mail it in and just not, like just a completely fucking coast. I mean, that's basically Japan's Star Wars. Yeah. And like, look what happened is fucking Star Wars. Like, I mean, I, uh, one thing I do hope is that they take a little bit more time between main game releases, because like they did Sword and Shield, and then released Pokemon Arceus and Pokemon Diamond Pearl remakes almost back to back, and then released this this year. And literally a little low, little under a year ago, Arceus came out, and I love that shit. I played, I sunk forty hours into that game in the first two weeks. Holy shit! Yeah, why? It was just so fucking good, man. Because it was again, it was the first closest open world. It wasn't actually open world, but it was op- basically open world in terms of like you can run around and there's no set path and you just fucking run all over the place catching Pokemon. And the Pokedex mechanic was engaging of like, oh, you have to catch X number of Pokemon for this one. And you have to watch this move get used X number of times. And you have to like fill up these little challenges before you get the full Pokedex page. Because it was set in the ancient past and there were no computers. Hmm. And you literally got experience and money just for catching Pokemon. So it would encourage you to actually catch Pokemon. But... In doing so, like, Arceus did really well. Scarlet and Violet trying to use some of the similar overworld stuff of Scar- of Arceus. It kind of got a little rushed in terms of playtesting, bugs, uh, graphic situations. So, like... And again, it's their first time doing something like this for a mainline game. It probably needed a, maybe another year in the pipeline. So like if they take more time between Scarlet and Violet and the next Pokemon game, I'm okay with that. If it means it's a little more polished. No, I think those are I mean that's I think that's fair enough to say. They probably turn those out cuz they're afraid of just falling behind the beat, but yeah. You know, you know how those Japanese are. They love they love to work. They're like that's us Americans, yeah. That's <laughs> I'm sorry. Um one final question uh why did you pick scarlet over violet oh great question so scarlet and violet have themes of the past and the future and scarlet is the past the professor for that region who you actually don't meet in person i haven't met this professor in person yet they didn't give me the pokemon the headmaster of the school did um but the past one is has a very past aesthetic, like almost like hunter caveman clothing thing. Whereas the professor of the future in Violet has super sci-fi glasses outfit stuff. And the Pokemon you ride around on, the past one is the Scarlet one. It runs around on all fours, even though it looks like it's got tires. Meanwhile, the future one has arms, but it's got like energy tires on its body and it hovers around or like rolls around on its energy tires. And... A lot of people were picking up Violet. Like, Violet is the more popular choice. So I went with Scarlet. Because functionally, same game. I I looked into it. 
the version differences are literally just the like end game Pokemon that you get. Like the the post end game like here's the special mons. Like that's the end game. That's the everything else you can get all the new ones. You can get all the new ones. It doesn't matter. And then from there I was kind of like, you know what? I like the future stuff. I like my sci-fi stuff, but for whatever reason, I find I like old stuff in new media and new stuff in old media. So like when I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, I like being an artificer and having the robot arm and the technology and the guns. But when I'm in the sci-fi stuff, I just want to hit things and be and have spells and magic and shit. So with Pokemon, I was like, you know what? Pokemon's mostly a modern to new situation. So I would very much like an old. I liked Arceus, which was old. Uh, give me, give me the old. I love that. I love that. I'm looking at these characters right now. It looks pretty fun. Oh, you're looking at the two professors. Picked, I'm looking at. Well, I'm looking at the two. Actually, hold on. Uh, I'm looking at the two uh, legendary or the two like uh, game. The ones you ride around on. Um, yeah, I would have picked one... Scarlet because that red's my favorite color. <laughs> that would have been the depth of my choice. Oh, oh well, now I see why you picked the older one. Come on, RJ. <laughs> Come on. Look at that design, be, though. Look at those coats. Be honest with the people. <laughs> Shut up. Look at the coats. Look at those coats. Well, look at the, well, the, look at the coats. It is a nice coat. My God, she's wearing sandals. That can't be safe in an active laboratory. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. Oh man, I see exactly who they were going for. They definitely want the little the little dudes to pick up Scarlet. They definitely want the little ladies to pick up Violet. My God. Yeah, except Violet's the more popular one. So I don't think it's actually factoring in as much as you think it is. Fuck, you're probably right. But look at this guy. Look at this fucking Chad with his fucking his hunk. fucking undercut. He's just his, a hunk. His square jaw, his Captain America facial hair. Like, look at this. Look at this man. He's just, a just, man. They both Her look very intelligent. He's a man. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Look at this man. Wow. All right. It's <laughs> impressive. Her name is Seda. <laughs> of course it's Seda. Are you kidding James, me? I think I have some bad news. What's... Oh, we, about we, spent, we spent a lot of time talking about Pokemon, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about Pokemon. Wait, I want to find out the tri the trivia about Professor Seda. You want to find uh, out the trivia about Professor Seda? Yeah. Uh, she and Professor Turo are... Hang on, wait. The Spoilers for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Okay, go. Okay, yeah, she and, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, she and Professor Turo are the first Pokemon professors from the core series to not have a name derived from Flora. Oh, I am not going to read the rest of these because these are definitely spoilers. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I can't. Oh, what is Seda from? What is say What is that? Why do they pick that? Oh, it's Sada from Pasada, Spanish for past. That's actually very good. I like that. Sada. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, what is this? What is this dude's name origin from Futuro? So Spanish and Portuguese. So is Scarlet and Violet? Are these more like Spanish? 
I'm yes, assuming, they are very they inspired are. by Spain. That's cool. That's really cool. So, well, we may not be a movie podcast, but now we're a Pokemon one. So, we're a Poke podcast. A Poke, yes, the Poke cast. It's the Poke cast. Uh, let's do like it. two How to Be a Better Buddies. Yeah. So, uh, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question is, what day are your Christmas decorations going up? And mine go Ooh. up, uh, start going up as soon as Thanksgiving dinner is over. Um, I honestly say I didn't really decorate around my house for Christmas this year, but I did help my mom decorate around hers. Um, though I would say if I did have a house and I did have Christmas decorations, I would probably say within the first week or two of December is uh is when i would i would begin putting them up and i would probably you know you hang the lights and you get the ornaments out from the basement and you can go and get the tree you probably want to get the tree maybe like live tree or uh, fake tree live tree fuck you if you can what do you mean fuck you fake tree rotating base more oh. ornaments to be seen Aren't you a fancy pants, Miggy, with your rotating tree? Hell yeah, my dude, because the problem is, unless you put that tree smack in the center of the goddamn room, there are one to two sides of that tree you don't fucking see. Yeah, but the other people, the people, uh, if you put it in front of a window, other people can see it. But so. you can't see it. Yeah, but it's not all about you, RJ. That's the whole point of Christmas. if you put it on a rotating base, it means it rotates around and everybody gets to see everything. I think we're both right. I think you're wrong, but we're going to continue. This will be a Christmas war, RJ. This is the real war on Christmas. This is the real war on Christmas. All right, I gotta cool down or else I'm gonna get a little, you know, a little IRA. Get heated in here. Bro. Our next question. What are your feelings on happy holidays slash Thanksgiving slash Christmas texts? Oh, man. I sent out, like, a bunch of Christmas texts. Did you? Um, I did. I did. Um, I sent, I know. <laughs> I'm, realizing now. I'm so sorry. You I'm fucking outdid me this holiday. I am going to have to do something super special Step next year. Because you, you and Mr. Mr. C both got me good so i gotta step up but i i think they're i think they're nice um i honestly don't get a lot of them um but i did get some nice cards from some dear friends and that's um honestly even better so i am honestly happy with uh a text um but at the same time I don't know. I think it's just the gesture itself that is is very nice. It's very nice to see. Um, then again, though, like I want to start sending out Christmas cards. I got to stop being afraid of using the post office. So yeah, it's really not that hard. It's not. Just I'm fact, just like, you don't need to use the post office if you already have the stamps. You can just put the stamp on the envelope and throw the envelope in the mailbox and run away. Oh really? Yeah. I don't have to walk to the post office. I mean, you got to walk to the mailbox. And you gotta have stamps. Can I, wait, can I, like, your mailbox? Like, if I have a P.O. box in my apartment, can I just put my letters in there? Or um, I don't know if you can do that, but you gotta, like, walk to the first corner mailbox you find. 
like the blue box. That. That's easy. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Christmas texts or just holiday texts? In I do them. I like them. I probably sent a few extra out this year that I haven't sent out in years past, but also partly as a like, hey, I'm still thinking of you as an individual. Don't forget about me. Pretty yeah, kind pretty of good. you. I got a pretty good number back in return, so it was nice. I also will tend to do like the group text though of like, oh, there's mm-hmm. five people in this group chat. Bam, done, handled. Oh yeah, I should say I. That's also true. I should say as well. I uh, I do get I do get plenty of responses back. Um, I did not mean that I don't get responses back. Uh, I don't want to sound like a little whiner. Um, I also so, do like Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, I some years I've done Thanksgiving, and other years I haven't. Although maybe I just haven't checked back far enough. I really wish there was an option on your phone where you could just like input a date and you know like go Should back to it. Messages from that point. Yeah, I can do that. Can you? I'm pretty sure I can. Were you on an Android? Yeah. You would, you robot, beep bop, buddy, motherfucker. I knew it. I knew he was a robot all along. All the signs were there. I saw him eating tinfoil. I thought it was just a breatharian thing. But he was a robot. RJ, Uh, how many photos do you have on your phone? Too many. But I have have a reason for it. Okay. Uh, So about three years ago. Yeah, about three years ago. I had a project I started. Uh... About seven years ago, my uncle gave me four Dungeons & Dragons books. They're the Encyclopedia Magica. It contains all magic items ever published for second edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We're currently in fifth edition. It's very cool. And I looked at that book set and I went, I want to convert these up to fifth E. I want want to convert all these items to fifth edition. And I sat down to start doing it. And I fucked up because I was trying to hold the book open with one hand and take notes with my other hand and it wasn't working. So I made very little progress and only really converted items as I pulled them to use in game. And then on the 24th of December of 2022, I realized, wait a minute, I have a Pixel phone with a very good camera. I wonder if I could take a picture of the page and then pull it up on my computer, which is connected to my Google account, so I can see it on my computer and have it zoomed in and take notes from there. So I'm not trying to hold the book open. And I did. It worked. And I went, ah, fuck, I'm a moron. I should have been doing this from the beginning. So I took about 200 pictures of every page in the first goddamn book so that I could start converting them. Dude, that's insane. I have probably another 600 pictures to go. Dude. And I'm only through the first 40 items. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I got a big... I'm going to have a lot of pictures on my phone. That is brutal. Brutal! But one of the nice things too, though, is that by pulling it up in the Google Pictures app on my computer, it will scan the picture and find the words. 
and then it will use the AI generation whatever to say, ah, there are words here. Here are what the words are. And I say, thanks, Google. You kind of got it right. Actually, you don't have to be so mean. So, yeah. I think that's it for us this week. Is it really? I think so. Time flies. That's a band. Is it really? I'm pretty sure everything's a fucking band. Yeah. Aren't we a band in the cosmic sense, you know? We're abandoned by our gods. <laughs> no. No. Blasphemy, RJ. Blasphemy. Depends what gods you follow. I, I suppose it does. I suppose it does. All right. Thank you for joining, James. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. It was wonderful, as always. Also, we didn't even mention what this is the new year. This is the New Year's episode, is it not? Ah, oh, fuck! It is. No, I mean it's the Happy last New Year's. Year. Well, Happy last episode, RJ. Well, Happy last episode of the year, James. Of the year. Happy last episode of the year, RJ. After this one will go up on Friday, and then on Saturday it's New Year's Eve, and then it's the new year. And we and got a whole that... nother year of better buddies to go. Woo! I'm excited. I'm pumped. You ready? You you got any big hopes for the show? You got any I big hope hopes? We get a hundred downloads on an episode. <gasps> That's you know it's what? A that high sounds like hope. A, that sounds like a doable. That's a very request. high bar. <laughs> <laughs> hey you know aim high aim high my friend and I, uh, uh, maybe we'll write a movie <laughs> yeah let's write a movie let's make... you hear that Hollywood we're coming for your job we're coming for your job it was Hollywood, basically a free word watch that started was he was doing YouTube videos and then he and two people he knew made a movie they called it video well, game high school oh yeah that was a show wasn't it yeah it was a show but like they used that. They made another show called like 404 or something, 401, something for some streaming service. And right now they just finished up uh, shooting a movie about bees. Like a fictional movie? Yeah. And the, the, I remember a story from the set that they told where uh, they went to a local beekeeper and they're like, hey, we need to look for some dead bees. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And they're like, oh, well, we got some online from this guy, but it was pretty expensive. So we thought we'd try local and see if they got anything. And they're like, you can buy dead bees online. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, and they like, apparently these beekeepers were like, they wanted the dead bees for some reason. It's amazing. But with that, uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We are also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our Meme Mondays and our Icebreaker questions. Our Twitter is at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. So you really, uh, you really stepped it up. But I got it done, I stepped it up, and I did it, which also made me realize, like, oh, I can do it.
that's the spirit, dude. That's the that's a little spark that keeps uh, keeps going. You know what I mean? By the way, really quick, I wanted to thank you for your Christmas card. It was oh, absolutely welcome. wonderful. Thank you. Um, that was so so sweet of you. Oh my god. I was like so surprised and so happy to get it. So genuinely, thank you, dude. 